Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and today we are going inside one of the game's biggest equipment manufacturers as they take the plunge. A leap in faith and technology driven by a belief that they have something that can make a difference on the course for golfers worldwide. And it's that technology that is making their new club so special. The company is Cobra Golf, and they are now offering an entirely new putter line for 2021. But this is about more than just clubs, and that's why we are talking to their vice president of marketing and Cobra Architecture as we welcome in our good friend, Jose Miraflor. Jose, thanks for joining us once again. Ralph, I love being on your show. Thanks for having me. The pressure is on you, you know, because this is our anniversary show, marking one year since our launch amid the pandemic of 2020. So yes, be ready. We are ready. <laughs> I think back to my early recollections of you fitting me for a custom grind on wedges from across the country. We discussed that on your last visit, and folks should go and give that a listen. But the other early memory I have is a video of you on the Las Vegas Strip introducing, at the time, the new AGSI insert in tailor-made putters. So I got to think that putters have a special place in your golf heart. Yeah, uh, I love putters. Well, probably because it's one of the strengths in my own game. Um, and, uh, you know, as you said, you went way back just now talking about what was that? 2004, 2003, we did that putter launch in Las Vegas and really challenging the thinking and, and mindset of golfers about the way putters should roll the ball. And here we are again, it's 2021, and I'm asking the same from golfers, right? Ask them to rethink their putter choices and take a look at our new Cobra putters. For years, Cobra Golf did not offer putters. So when did the idea change to enter into the marketplace? Whew. You know, we've been kicking around putters since 2014. Um, and you know, as head of architecture, you know, we talk about different things. And I said, well, you know, putters is a hard business to get into having done it before. So, you know, you got to have some tech and, and there's the, the market when we look at it, there's so many good putters out there. And this, it's a very small market and really impacted by a lot of great competitors. We wanted to wait until we had innovations in a putter that could I would say elevate the category and really help golfers um, play better. And we had lots of technologies over the years, but over the last, I would say two years, two and a half years, we really came to our own and said, you know what? These technologies we know can really help golfers improve their game. And, you know, it took us this long to perfect the package of how we're going to deliver it to you. Before we get to the technologies in the package, this isn't a metal wood, it's not an iron, and it's not somewhere in between. That means 
the people to build it are going to be completely new. And so you had to build a team from scratch to conceive, design, and build a putter that's going to live up to your standards. We're fortunate. You know, design engineers, um, the guys who render stuff, you know, by hand or illustrator, you know, they're industrial design engineers. And, and we had a couple that were are very good and have been doing putters for us since 2014. And then, you know, we, we were able to, um, to your point, it's not something engineers do right away. It's not an iron, it's not a metal wood. A couple of our iron team members were really interested in putters and they took one of them, especially um, really took over the putter side and has invested close to two years of nothing but CAD on putters and learning and having guys like me <clears throat> who have done it for another place. Um, even Tom Olsavsky, who was our head of R&D, he did putters for a little while. So those of us with a lot of experience and they lean, you know, they happen to lean on me a lot because I did tour stuff and things like that. We <clears throat> had weekly, biweekly, you know, daily <laughs> meetings to just talk about what are the things we need to get right. And of course, it's always going to be, you got to have great feel. You got to have a look that people will love. You got to have a role technology. And if you're smart, you know, what, is, what do people hate? They hate three putting. So what can you help them with? Well, stability in a putter, you know, people are talking about that today, stabilizing a putter through your stroke. That, that is really important. So that's, those are the things that we really worked on in developing, designing, and now, you know, procuring a putter. So let's go back a couple of years. What was it that said, yeah, this is it. This is, this is the one that's going to push us towards uh, going full throttle. Well, two pieces of that pie. Well, one of them, you know, our meeting with Hewlett Packard and the, uh, imagining what you could do with 3D printing. That was one. You saw that putter come out in November last year. We debuted that putter everybody saw that was 100% 3D printed and then milled to its perfect shape. You know, we, we, when we met with them and started talking about the different applications of 3D printing, whether it was metal or in this case for this new putter, nylon, um, we were able to start dreaming about what it could be. And, and that gives you a lot of hope. The second one was in 20, I think it was 2018, you know, I, I was with Bryson at a U.S. Open and he had me have he had me meet the guys from Sick Golf at dinner at his place. And Stephen Harrison, the president of Sick Golf, and I sat down and started talking shop, being both putter guys from the and he's present. I was from the past and start talking about what he thinks, you know, creates a good putter. And, you know, I I really listened about his descending loft technology and you know, the conversations we had about what pure role looks like, what, what do you need to create really good role, consistent role. When we left there, you know, I had verbally asked him, would he be interested in a partnership between the two companies where we helped him with getting descending loft technology all over the world because we have global distribution. He had a great patent on it, but, you know, was doing a lot of internet sales and tour stuff. And, and so we struck up a partnership and he, you know, we agreed that I would take the putter insert side. I, I wanted to make it into an insert that was softer, saved more weight. He liked having it in all steel in his hundred percent milled putters. 
So they'll sell up there in their price points and we'll sell at, you know, below 399 our product lines and we're going to position ours in insert. So we have operating at the same time, but in tandem, but in two different places. And uh, here we are today. I'm really happy about each other's product lines and sharing thoughts and, and rooting each other on. My last show I had on author Tom Coyne and talking about his book, A Course Called America. And we were talking about when he's experiencing something on the course and it's like it's explodes in his head like this is going to be in the book and this is going to be awesome. I kind of imagine that's how that dinner was is as he's explaining things to you about his philosophies. You already know that you've kind of been thinking about putters and everything else. And it's going off in your mind like this could really work for us. This is really going to be the key. And so much to the point that by the end of that night, you're like, I want to do business. Yeah, you described it perfectly. I was, you know, so into the conversation and thinking to myself, we have 3D printing. Now we have a role story. You have the stability of 3D printed that can give you. And then the the pure role of, of descending loft technology. We're going to have the purest rolling putter in golf. I left there so charged. I couldn't sleep. You know, we spent, I came back home and had to sh- share it with the team here and everybody, you know, didn't understand it at first, but then when they got to samples and we started looking at it, we were like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still just as excited today now that we're, the cat's out of the bag to be able to talk about it to people. You know, it's bringing back those memories from 2018 and how excited I was back then. And here we are. I'm very excited to be on this, on this talking with you. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because you described that and wanted to get the samples out. And I go then to the 3d printing where part of that great story with the, with the super sport 35 was that using that technology, you can get prototypes done so quickly so that you can actually get into the flow. And, and it's not like, okay, we're looking years out. We're looking months out because the process is sped up because of new technology. Yeah, the design process is much faster. We can we can prototype, you know, 20 different pieces at one time. To your point, that, that, that helps us speed up. Um, you know, what's the unknown? I'll tell you some of our inside learning is, you know, it, it's the first time for us making a putter. So that makes us obviously a little slower and taking our time to make sure it feels good. When you're assembling multi-material pieces, you got to engineer how they, the harmonics and when they're all together, what does it sound like when it finally collides the putter? Um, Little things like for our company, you know, how does the putter sit? Does it sit square, open, closed, you know, uh, and and what are the things you're developing for it to sit so well? how much, you know, when you're developing for your first time as a, sh- of a company, how do you develop your face balance single bend shaft? Or do you go double bend? There's so many little decisions to make, but, you know, it, it, it all comes together and you're really happy at the end about what you're, what you're taking to market. You've made putters in the past and was it easier to conceive of these things when you knew that because of the 3d printing you essentially have this lightweight structure and you could put the weight where you wanted to because there's almost no weight in inherent to the actual structure i don't know if it was easier ralph (laughs) (laughs) it's actually harder because you get to dream bigger um but yeah i mean it's easier in the fact that you get so many things to do 
it was, it's fun because you have the, the things to watch out for because of history, right? Your past. And then you have the ability to dream bigger and it's like, okay, you know, we have 50 grams of weight to put into these tungsten rods. Do we put them all forward? Do you put them in the back? Do you put them in the four corners? How do you do it? You know, and, and what's better. So you get to dream in that respect and do some testing and so much fun. It was a fun, it was a fun couple of years. You launched the Supersport 35 last fall, which was the first ever 3D putter. It was a limited run, but how did its reception factor into the final decision to really, I mean, was, was everything going to happen or was that kind of the final check mark? Like, yeah, there's an appetite for this. Well, everything was going to happen because you can imagine in, in November when that putter came out, we were already in production and finalizing these pieces, right? Improving them. Um, it was the, there's two pieces to that strategy. One, you know, we've, we've heard other companies were thinking about and, and, and showing people renderings of 3D printed putters, but we wanted to be put the stake in the ground because, you know, one thing that we're trying to prove at Cobra Golf is that we are the most innovative, whether it's, you know, first one to put electronics in a golf club, uh, first one to one length, uh, first one to use 3D printing. You know, we're, we're showing people the first one to use CNC milling on the face of a driver. We're trying to do things as, as, the, as the challenger brand that other people aren't trying. And we're trying to bring new things to golf to advance each category. And this 3D printing was the next one in line. We wanted to show people a new way to manufacture. You know, this is a step above MIM. You saw, you saw King MIM Tour Iron, that's metal injection molding. This 3D printing is to another level above that. And we want it to be first. And also test the waters of how many people would be interested in 3D printing. Well. That was a complete success, right? We sold out globally with our limited run before the par date came. We had a pre-sale and all the putters sold out in pre-sale. So that was good and bad. It was great because that means people were really interested. Bad because we did have some customers that were going, what do you mean? I came to, to retail today to get it. It's not here. They're all gone, right? So, yeah. uh, a good problem to have. And for those who are trying to get that, I'm sorry that if you didn't get it. But here we are. You know, with this upgraded version, what was a grand sport, uh, what was a super sport now can be purchased as a grand sport. You know, it's an up, upgraded, similar looking putter, but now multi-material and even more forgiving than the original super sport. Um, and uh, really, really good performance from that blade. You offer three different 3D printed models and four models in what you're terming the vintage collection. So I get the 3D concept. We discussed that, but what inspired the vintage route? Well, you know, if, if you're a, I've been in the putter business for a long time or just watch the putter business, you have to understand that there is comfort in the familiar, meaning that there are golfers out there that want to look at traditional blades, that the answer look has been around since 1966. Right. And the one we're doing is close to an answer too. or for some of you who don't remember the answers, the, the Newport two, or if you were a TaylorMade guy, the Daytona, you know, or the Indy, excuse me, you know, there's so many different versions of these putters, but the blades make no mistake about it. When people look down at it and they want to see that there is no shape. So they, they want to see other than that. Um, there are some, some mallets that people want to see. And even the new, newer uh, style, but vintage, you know, 
whether it's a fang or um, some type of look that, you know, that was started maybe by, I would say the spider, which, you know, I had a big part of too in the past, mm -hmm. you know, those are familiar shapes that people find comforting. And so we designed those, but with our take, with our um, descending loft, sick phase technology in it, we put movable weight in it so you can manage your weight system. And then we put Cobra Connect in it. So bringing our technologies to these putters um, that even though they're older style, looking in style, our finishing, our shaping, our um, technologies into it to bring it into the modern. We're not just talking about putters, though, because as I mentioned earlier, your love for wedges is well known. How important is it for you to help in the growth of that side of the Cobra brand? Well, definitely the short game side of the business is, is, is something that more and more people are getting involved in. They want fittings in it. They want to experience more and have more options. Um, I love grinding wedges, as you mentioned in the beginning. You know, I still grind wedges today, whether it's for myself or other people that know that I can grind. I, I you know, ask them on the phone or ask them in person, what are they trying to achieve? And, you know, we get out, we get out some heads and we get on the wheel. I think it's important to support that because, you know, scoring in golf um, is, is getting up and down, is getting yourself close to the pin so you can make a birdie. And the way wedges work through the turf, the way wedges can control trajectory, maximize spin, um, all that is super important. And um, as you know, I have some history and background in that as well. The interesting thing about wedges is that, you can offer, and Cobra Golf does, you go, go to your website, you can see a lot of different models. And there isn't one that's really better than the others. It's just that they're made to fit different players and in, in their different wants and needs. Yeah, and you know what? Let's, let's remember that the turf conditions change depending on where you live. Here in California, it's a little bit more sandy, you know, and it's a medium type of turf. There are other places in the United States where it's hard pan. It's super firm turf and super firm bumpers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was just in Wisconsin and the, it, the turf is a little bit more loose. It's a little bit softer and the sand is a lot fluffier than it is here in, in California. So different types of turf conditions, different types of swings, applications of the club head into the ground will require a different grind. And that's why we offer three different grinds, whether it's a classic which means thinner sole, but a little bit more bounce or the versatile grind where you relieve heel and toe. And that's, you know, versatile out of all types of turf conditions. And then the wide low, which is only on the higher loss, 56 and above that feature a low bounce, but wider sole for those softer turf areas where people need a little bit more glide out of the bunker and out of soft turf. And so we designed those for, for the different types of swings. And I, I think, I think it's been working. It's helping them. And you mentioned this before, but I am curious, how often are you on the grinder? Well, thank God, not too much. <laughs> but I, I would say you know, at least once in the, once a quarter, I'll probably get five heads out and somebody will request something from me or want to tinker and come up with, try and come up with some new stuff. So I'll get out there uh, on the tour wheel and everybody walks by and says, Hey, don't hurt yourself, old man. You know, <laughs> it's not your job anymore. You're supposed to be orchestrating, not doing so. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I love to still get on that wheel and straighten out leading edges and 
add some radius and take away some here and there. And it, it, it's fun. It's fun for me. You know, the, the, the sound of the grinder is, is kind of like music to my ears. So I don't mind getting on that wheel. You talked about being something of a disruptor with Cobra and really pushing different things. Do you feel you've had success in really expressing your club ideas? I mean, this year with Rad Speed, that was not really focused on the speed so much as the waiting to get the speed. I mean, Mm -hmm. you tend to come at things from different perspectives. And I think that that's something that you and Tom Olsavsky have really blossomed in is being able to express yourself through your clubs. You know, it's a big team. You know, we're, we're very lucky because we have a lot of talented people that come together and make a really good team. Mike Yagley, I think, you know, as well, heads up our innovation group. He has guys in there that when it comes to aerodynamics, weight placement, uh, innovation in shaping and innovation in materials, they're constantly giving us ideas. I mean, we have product technologies all the way out to 2025. And that's my job, right? As architecture, I get to sit down with them and they show me all these ideas, different iron ideas. Okay, which one of these irons do you want, Hose? And which one of these metalwood technologies makes sense? And I get to look at the coming years and say, well, I think these technologies can go into this product. And Tom Osavsky, Mike Yagley, Doug Roberts, who's head of all design for us, and Dan Ladd, who is our president, who's arguably the best player in the company. He's like a plus two and he's a great golfer. And we sit in this room and we listen to all these guys and I kind of give them my thought process and then they give their thought process. And together, you know, we come up with the lineage of what the technologies are. And then I have to put words to them. And what does that mean? You know, what did, where did radial, radial weighting is the technology for rad speed I turn it into rad speed naming and, you know, my marketing team and I come up with how to talk about it. But in the end, it started with an engineer who said, the more way you can put forward, the more speed you get. And we're like, well, no duh, but you know, you lose the forgiveness. He goes, aha, that's where if you put enough weight in the back and balance the two, you're going to get the speed and not sacrifice forgiveness. And we're like, no other driver does that boom, ding, 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 that needs to be a product line. So that's a quick and easy way to understand how it works. You know, these, these guys, I'll, I'll go and tell them, I can't have a putter without a roll. I can't have a putter without some cool stability technology. They go work on it. You know, they have multiple faces for me to try for the future. You know, if, if the sick face technology doesn't last for a long time or if there's something happens we want to move on, they have faces already they're working on Bryson comes in, he contributes. Bryson comes in and says, hey, guys, solve this problem for me. And it has, we have a lot of aha moments when he does that and say, aha, that's something cool to work on for 205 miles per hour. Does it apply for a normal golfer at 135 mile hour ball speed, right? So those are such a, so much fun in here because we get that variety and we listen to each other. And, 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 you don't get that a lot. If you can really listen to each other, we call it the IQ pool of shared knowledge, different guys with different backgrounds that contribute. And this, what comes from it is this really cool, cool piece. When I spoke with Tom and he talked about Mike's team and the innovations is kind of like 
they keep this virtual bookshelf of ideas. Mm -hmm. And when you guys decide, okay, we want to go in this direction, how do we do it? Oh, wait, we pull one from here. We pull one from there. Like we have all these things that we've come up with over the years. And it's just a question of how do we put it together to make the right stew? Right. And how can we build it in an abundance, right? I mean, to prototype a single piece and make it is great. When you bring that to Doug's team, which part of which works for TO, and he starts to design it, it's kind of like, how does it go from that one off, mm -hmm. something that's feasible, something that's repeatable and affordable? Because you can imagine we let them dream. Sometimes there's, there's stuff so I look at them like, ooh, that's really cool. How expensive that? They're like, well, we don't know. This could be really expensive. And we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's dive into that now. That's something I've had in other discussions is talking about that sometimes the companies decides, let's just see what we can make and we don't care how much it costs. But again, that tends to be one-off products that are more custom than they really are something for the mainstream audience. And you never know because when that piece is made, you could be there six months later and have an aha moment you know, and say, well, we have something like that. Why don't we take it down in this fashion and still have, you know, recreate it and make it for less? Sometimes you you find a new technology that when combined with another one really works and is more affordable. So, you know, that's what we try and do. And as well as we say, hey, you know, can we can we make stuff that's super expensive? We can. We know that the for, the <laughs> the forecast won't be that large for it. But, you know, sometimes you need to make a showpiece like Grand Sport 35 that kind of shows people a new way of thinking and it could be an expensive piece. Well, and it's something that, you know, is in the currently expanding market of equipment sales that there's room that, you know, you can, you can slide in and make an impact. That's true. I, I completely agree. Okay. So it's time to update your bag with the newest and greatest. I'm giving you one shot. Do you want a new wedge or do you want a new putter? Well, you can make up for a bad driver, a bad iron shot, and even a bad chip, but you can't make up for a missed putt. So, guys, if, you have, if you're struggling with putting, and I know all of you are, a lot of people struggle with putting, check out our new putters. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised how stable they are and how much good roll they put on the golf ball. Jose, you've been one of my good friends in the industry for a long, long time, and I'll never forget that experience of getting wedge fit via pictures and a strike board from across the country. <laughs> you've been a great partner over the years, and I'm so pleased to have you join us for our anniversary show. Congratulations on the new putter line, and thanks for joining us here on The Range. Thanks, Ralph. Happy anniversary, buddy. That was Jose Miraflor, and if you did not hear his appearance last fall, I truly encourage you to go listen to that one. He's a marvelous innovator and technician, and he leads the charge at Cobra Golf in so many ways. And as you can tell, he's just a great guy and somebody who absolutely loves the game of golf. Before we go, as I've mentioned a couple times, this is our anniversary show. 50 episodes over the past year and has gone by really fast. I'm so thankful for all of our guests who have given their time to sit down and share stories with us all from over their years in various forms of the golf industry. We've had designers, engineers, marketers, writers, influencers, entrepreneurs, and legends. But none of it would matter if it was not for you, our listening family. We hope you've enjoyed the past year of shows as much as we have enjoyed sharing them with you. Imagine, we just had the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island marking the fifth major in one calendar year of broadcasting. And we have the U.S. Open coming in less than a month. 
In fact, in one year's time, there will have been seven majors played. It has been a wild and unusual year in golf, but it has been a year of growth as well. People continue to play the game in huge numbers, and the equipment industry continues to battle to stay ahead of the crowd, seeking the latest gear. It's a good time, and I hope the golf has been good for you all. After all, we're heading into the summer now, and it's time to enjoy the game the most. And I hope this show can be a small part of that. We continue to share what's new in golf equipment. You can find that with the Golf Spotlight, as we're dropping new features all the time, looking at clubs, accessories, footwear, and more. Go to thegolfspotlight.com, click on the YouTube subscribe button, and turn on those notifications so you never miss one of our features. There is always a lot to catch up on. Stay up to date on the range by following us on Instagram at the Golf Spotlight. We're also on Twitter at Golf Spotlight. We welcome your comments everywhere. You've listened this far, so subscribe to the range on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or iHeart. We have new shows dropping every Wednesday. That'll do it for this episode of the range, so let's hit the course, maybe with a new piece of equipment. The manufacturers are constantly working on the newest and the latest, and there might be that special something designed just for you. And we'll talk to you next time, right here on The Range. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.